0: Hi, everyone. I'm Bolton. And I'm Grace. And welcome to Crime
1: Scenes, a true crime movie podcast. Today, we have a special bonus episode from the podcast, Watching Netflix Without You. In this episode, we talk with host Heather about the Netflix true crime
0: documentary, Murder by the Coast. And we will be back next time with our usual episodes featuring the movie, Drew Peterson, Untouchable. And as always, if you would like to make a request, you can do so by sending us a DM through any of our social media accounts. We are at Crime Scenes Pod on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And you can also make a movie request on our website, crimecenespodcast.com. Enjoy, guys, and we'll see you next time.
2: Welcome to another movie review podcast. I'm Heather and I'm on a mission to watch as many Netflix original films and documentaries as I possibly can. Rate them, review them, and discuss them. Which, of course, does mean spoilers ahead. But don't worry, that part's not until the second half of the episode. So join me and my assortment of delightful guests as we pick these films apart and put them back together again. This is Watching Netflix Without You. Welcome to another episode of Watching Netflix Without You. I am super excited about my guests today. I have two. It is Grace and Bolton from the Crime Scenes podcast. Welcome, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, So I thought we'd start. Why don't you guys tell us a little bit about your podcast, which, by the way, I absolutely love and I love the concept of. I thought it was so clever. Um, But why don't you tell everybody about that a little bit?
0: Yeah. um, So our podcast is called Crime Scenes, a true crime movie podcast. And what we do is we watch movies that are based on true crimes. We will recap the movie, kind of giving what happens in it. But we also will go through the actual crime and things that the movie leaves out, some things that the movie adds in that's just kind of Hollywood drama that didn't really happen. And we both happen to be attorneys. So we'll also talk about some of the legal stuff going on and why people might have done what they chose to do from the legal perspective.
2: Awesome. And uh, if I may ask, uh, what inspired you to do your podcast? Uh, Well, we both, so like I said, Grace and I
0: were both attorneys. We actually went to undergrad together and we both ended up going to law school, different law schools. And um, I had been working for about four years and I was getting really burnt out of it. So I was taking a little break and I just I kind of came up with the idea and Grace and I had talked about making a podcast before that. So I had asked her if she would be interested in it. We sort of came up with the idea ourselves because we both also are big movie buffs mm-hmm.
1: and we thought it would be a good uh, incorporation of both things. Awesome. Yeah, we both happened to get burnt out from our current jobs <laughs> at about the same time. And so then we were able to just uh, get into something creative and fun. And it's been it's been really cool so far.
2: Awesome. That's fantastic. Well, definitely check out that podcast. I will link in the show notes of this episode so you can um, go right over there and listen to that incredibly good podcast. I mean it. I really love your podcast, guys. (laughs) Thanks. So, for this podcast, watching Netflix Without You, we are going to be talking about the Netflix documentary Murder by the Coast. This is a 2021 film. It is one hour and 28 minutes long. It is a Spanish documentary. It's described by Netflix as investigative and dark. It has a maturity rating of TV 14 for violence and sexual violence. And uh, the description reads, in 1999, teen Rocio Wanakoff is murdered. Her mother's ex-partner, Dolores Vasquez, is suspected. Did she do it? A second victim reveals the truth. All right. So, initial thoughts, Bolton, about this movie. <laughs> oh. The story
0: itself is really interesting, but the documentary itself, I I kind of give a... Th- I'm, I'm a half-thumb to a thumbs-down on. Okay. And why? why would you say that? I think... Here's, I think, and we'll get into it, I'm sure. I sort of think that this documentary mirrors the whole investigation and in that it was to me, in a sense, sort of sloppily put together. I think they miss a lot of points. Like, I remember mm-hmm. watching the movie and I immediately having questions and being like, are they not going to tell us this? Like, why are we skipping over this? And it could just be because they couldn't get that information out of anybody. But I have the sense that maybe they did know that, but they were trying to lead it in a very specific direction. Mm-hmm. I also think that they they didn't really know what they wanted to focus on. Did they want to focus on Dolores, the partner of the mother or some of the other people that were involved, which kind of made it a little bit all over the place or even in pieces. Like maybe it would have been a better like limited
2: series to focus on each yeah. story more individually. I, I would agree with that statement for sure. And um, What about you, Grace? Uh, I think it gets a thumbs up, but I get the <laughs> I thought. It's it seemed
1: like almost slow, but there was a lot happening. So it was kind of like it seemed like it wasn't extremely entertaining the way it was put together. But the story was so interesting that overall I liked it when I was done.
2: Yeah, I, would, I mean, I agree with both those statements. I do find it uh, that it was interesting. And I thought, that, I mean, you know, they Hollywooded it. That's yeah. what they mm-hmm. do. They go, here's the story we want to tell. And that's the story they tell. And okay, but then people who are like, I think, I think we're all three of us similar in this regard. You go, well, what about blah? What about blah? Wait a minute, didn't they blah blah? Uh, you know what? I'll do. I'll do. My brother does this because mm-hmm. he's on a lot of these episodes with me. It's a side thumb, like forty-five degree angle to an up thumb. For nice, me, right there. I, you guys can see. <laughs> okay. <Yeah. laughs> um. So yeah, I mean, I guess that's pretty much it. We want to dive into some deeper details, so we're gonna take a quick break. And we'll be right back. This is a spoiler alert. I repeat, this is a spoiler alert. And we're back. (laughs) Okay, Bolton. I really want to hear from you first because I want to see if, because you're the defense attorney, experienced person. So I want to hear your uh, your take first before I to see if I thought what you thought. Oh gosh. Well, okay. (laughs) I just found.
0: Yeah, I mean, so many things I had in my head as I was, you know, kind of taking notes on this. First of all, the lack of detail, and this could have just been the documentary, but I wanted to know, you know, who are the friends that she was with the night that she disappeared? We see one friend that's a guy, and he says she just didn't show up. We hear about a boyfriend, but we Mm -hmm. don't know, was she at the boyfriend's house? We don't really get confirmation on that. When they end up start when they start looking for her, it appears that only her mom realizes she's missing, and she sees a bunch of blood, but we don't ever hear where is this blood? is it in where is it in relation to this fair? Where is it in relation to the boyfriend's house? The first thing yeah. I'm thinking is like, who is she connected to that this would be near and I'm wondering, you know How soon did they determine that that was her blood versus somebody else's? Because you know you could have two people missing.
2: It could have, and that could also Mm. influence maybe why she was missing. Um, I mean, it looked like just to comment on that. Real sorry to cut you off there, but they also found her shoe, right? So, Mm -hmm. I I had kind of the same thing. I was like, well, okay, they found her shoe, so they're assuming it's her blood. I mean, not necessarily an off the wall assumption, but you're right. They don't tell us that they tested it to verify or anything like that. And I had this thought so many times, because when they finally find the guy uh, whose DNA matches the cigarette butt and the other uh, murder, I was like, there's Mm -hmm. no way this guy only did two.
0: Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean?
2: There's no way there's more. So I think you have a good point there uh, completely. Sorry.
0: Right. No, no, that's, that's Okay. okay. And I mean, other things that I thought was, so they find the cigarette butt and it has, I believe at that time, I, if I remember correctly, they did determine it was male DNA on this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So by the time we get to Dolores, there's nothing indicating a woman was at the scene. I also, right. the detective and the information they were giving, this could have been because they didn't want to reveal too much, but I, like, he would say things and I was like, thank you, Captain Obvious. Like, he was like, we determined <laughs> that there was an assault that had resulted in a lot of blood. And I really wanted to know... How did he determine that That he says at one point it came from the nose and the mouth? Well, how did he figure that out? Mm-hmm. And they talk mm-hmm. about how there was various trails that ultimately led to car tracks. Did they determine what kind of wheels were on that car? I had a lot of questions about, like, those details and then how yeah. they ended up finding her. Um, big, big issue with their determination as to whether or not a sexual assault occurred. They say that they yes. find this body.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And they're like, oh, it wasn't sexual assault. doot de I'm like, did you test anything? Did you check? Like, oh, sorry. I almost lost I mean, my mind at that yeah, part.
0: Yeah. They, basically, <laughs> they say she was, her body was posed in a position where her legs appeared to be spread, but they mm-hmm. were too wide, so it couldn't have been a sexual assault. Like, it was <laughs> it was almost like one of those things where someone says, like, a woman needs to dress sexy, but if it's too sexy, then you're, like, you know, you're considered, mm-hmm. like, you know, a, like, being promiscuous. Mm-hmm. That's like the thing I got from it. So I was just yeah. like, what, where is this logic coming from? And then when they ultimately get to, I will say, I mean, I'm sure stories go around about everybody. So I can see something being built up in the media. Oh, there was a woman stabbing a picture, but there is <laughs> nothing to merit that story at all. The way that they ultimately determine that Dolores was involved is someone saw her stabbing a poster of this missing yeah. woman. And I was I was shocked that that even came into the case. I found it really interesting, and I wanted to do a look into a little more about uh, Spanish courts because it seemed yeah. like a lot of things that would not be allowed in a U.S. court were allowed in.
2: Particularly Absolutely, that
0: yeah. at the end, you see Dolores giving her own closing argument, which I found interesting, and the media was just allowed to ask questions in the courtroom, which I also found interesting.
2: Yeah, it was it was quite different than what we're used to here in the states, and. Uh, Like the witch hunt nature of it, how people would just line the streets screaming at her that she was a murderer. Like, I'm not going to say that's never happened here, Mm -hmm. but I was like, I mean, I get the media likes to sometimes really throw somebody under the bus, but I don't stand out there lining the street like, you like, you know, it was very 1700s feeling the the way that it all went down, you know? Mm -hmm. Right. And when they convicted her, they said that. They were announcing the verdict by
1: majority verdict, which I thought was, you know, just another difference. They didn't say it was a unanimous
2: verdict. I'm not sure how I feel about that. Mm -hmm. I may or may not. I need more information to know if that would be a good idea or not. (laughs) But um, the thing that killed me was how she didn't get acquitted when literally none of the forensic evidence could be matched to her they couldn't match the tire track to her car the dna didn't match not she had a solid alibi for the entire time that rocio was missing i was so floored that she was convicted after that i couldn't believe it yeah yeah that was shocking i had another point i can't remember what it is i'm sorry, I'm sorry. I get really excited when people agree with me and I cut them off and I talk over them and I should (laughs) not do that. That's not good for podcasting. Um, Well, I have a bunch of notes. Let me go through. Maybe you'll be reminded of the point that you wanted to uh, make. Okay. So I mean, slightly different topic. I feel like the Spanish media really tiptoed around the point that these women were a couple at one point. Yes. They they were just like, they were friends. I was like, just say it. Just say it. You don't have to tiptoe around. They really did. And I'm not sure. I couldn't figure out why
0: they did that. Like at some point they come out and they say that they were an intimate couple. Yeah, And the thing that I don't understand how this di- this just seemed to blow past everyone. That was another thing about the documentary I really questioned. I was like, it makes it seem like the people in Spain just were not was was it just so, you know, once the media was so unsided, they were only getting a little bit of it? Or was it really like this? Because I was like, the, she was essentially her stepmom yeah. and helped raise her. And they had been broken up for four years. Yes. Even the mom in an interview says, I loved her more than anybody I'd ever loved. I was shocked when I heard this. And mm-hmm. I really felt like the mom, I felt terrible for that mother. I can't imagine. Course, I've never yeah. had anything happen to me like that. But that mom, I I feel bad in the sense that I feel like she really got sucked into that, what the media
1: was saying Mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm.
0: at the, you know, I think at some point she, she really convinces herself. She thinks Dolores did it. And I think it was really hard for her to come to terms when it was starting to be revealed that something else might've happened. Yeah. Even towards the end. And on the one hand, I I felt so bad. I mean, she lost her daughter, but on the other, I was like, you got to wake up. You need to see that she didn't do anything. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And to that point, I tell you what, when they had that, all that media footage when they were looking for Rocio, and you could see Dolores in that footage, and that mm-hmm. grief looked very genuine to me. Uh, she looked genuinely upset and mm-hmm. worried. Um, at least that's how I took it. And to just to that point, another thing to that point, when they say, uh, oh, well, her whole motive was because Rocio was keeping her from. Uh, the mom, I, I hate that I can't remember her name, but Rocio's mother, right? Yes. I said, well, if that was her motive, there's more, she has several children. right? You know, okay. it's not, it doesn't ring true as a motive, especially after four years of this relationship being over. So I, yeah, that is a really good point.
0: Yeah. I mean, even the the research that they used in this psychological profile of <laughs> Dolores... Was really ridiculous. Like it was really oh, gosh, bad. Yeah, I would have yeah. liked to hear more. I wanted to hear. I wanted to hear a cop or an investigator that wrote that come to their reasoning of where they got this information because <laughs> it essentially said that she was a suppressed homosexual and she showed. It, what it, it literally called it homosexual aggression. There were parts yeah. of the report they show that c- kept referring to her as the homosexual, not even the suspect, the homosexual. <laughs> and I was just like that. The, that was shocking.
2: Yeah, I mean, it really was. It was a. It was certainly a witch hunt. I
0: yeah. think
2: I out loud gasped at that point. Mm-hmm. I was just like, "Stop!" And here's the thing: this was 1999. Mm-hmm.
1: 1999.
2: It wasn't the Dark Ages. Not, right. Late right. 90s, early 2000s. Like Spain. Oh, let's hope they've caught up by now. Hopefully. That's all I'll say about that. Let's let's move on to the unfortunate second murder that happened. Of mm-hmm. uh, Sonia. Mm-hmm. And I just want to, I was really happy with the COIN. I just want to call it COIN because it's spelled like that. I think it's mm-hmm. COIN investigators. They did, I think they did a good job yeah. on their investigation. Yeah. I have in my notes, the
0: COIN investigators did everything the other city did not, which yeah. was their job.
2: Exactly. And it was, you know, I, my heart broke when they were interviewing Sonia's mother and she said if they had done their job the first time around on Rocio's murder, Sonia would never have died. And right. I'll add to that probably a few other people we don't know about, unfortunately, out there as well. So I was like, I agree with you completely through my sobbing tears. I get really emotional when they interview the mothers I mm-hmm, really, really mm-hmm. do.
0: And I thought they did a better job. This is where I say that I feel like the documentary was inconsistent. I loved hearing seeing the home videos and photos of Mm -hmm.
1: um oh my god sonia
0: sonia thank you Mm -hmm. uh i love seeing i thought she was i loved hearing her mom talk about her and i she looked like she was just a pretty little girl yeah and i'm sure rocio was the same way as with everybody but they we just didn't get that background on rocio and i just i don't really know why i think it was just the way the documentary was made Mm-hmm. But I think it would have been much more impactful on all sides if we had gotten
2: a little more of that from everybody. Sure. Well, I will say this um, about that: when they they opened the documentary, they had a group of her close friends there reminiscing mm-hmm. about her. And I I did like that. It reminded me of sitting down and chatting with my old friends and reminiscing about the old days. You know. So I think. I wonder if they just didn't have the photos or the videos and stuff. I mean, I grew Mm up 80s, 90s, so we have zero home videos from my (laughs) childhood, and we have a few photo albums. It just wasn't a thing like it is now. So Mm -hmm. I suppose that could have been the case since we've been ripping them apart. I'll say something in their (laughs) defense.
1: (laughs) True. (laughs) On the point that we think... I I agree with you that I think that there was definitely more assaults at least that were never reported. Mm -hmm. Probably other murders that this guy did. One weird thing that like was brought up, but then never discussed was the fact that there was a fair in town for both of these murders. And so I was expecting there to be some sort of angle where we're investigating people at the fair or like, did this guy like look? fairs because then groups of young people would be out alone like it was just like a weird red herring I guess
2: but that kind of threw me off No, you're right. And that just speaks to the point Bolton was making earlier, which is there's a lot of missing information. And it just it could be the way they cut the documentary Mm -hmm. uh, or for entertainment purposes or they didn't think that was, you know, it doesn't mean the police didn't look into that as a line of inquiry. Right. But they don't they don't bring that to us in the documentary, which is, you know what? It should have been a series, shouldn't it? Yeah, I think, I think it should it have, should have because I think yeah. that I think there was a lot of things,
0: for example, with Sonia, we get the her we get her friends telling her mom we left her at the door. And so we clearly see from the evidence and from her friends, there was blood on the dad's car, her purse and her shoes and her phone were three houses down like they'd been thrown. There was also blood. So we know like something clearly happened where she was attacked with uh Rocio. We don't really get that. We just get a pot a pool of blood that. We're assuming is hers because her shoes are right there, but mm-hmm. nothing really more. I really want to, I like, I wish we could have seen those connections more because even the fair thing, they don't outright say, we just noticed that both of these happened at like a fair with a girl, a young girl leaving.
2: So tell you what, we should
0: have made the documentary. That's what. Yeah. I know. I'm giving a lot of criticisms <laughs> of like, they should have done this, but then I'm sure the someone making this would be like, okay, you go do it. And be like, well,
2: <laughs> never mind. <laughs> Well, we've covered, like, the main points that I had written down. Um, Do you guys want to leave any closing statement, any other information or opinions? Um, I guess
1: one thing I thought was really interesting was, like, the fact that this guy had a criminal history in London of assaults against women and had done a lot of time in prison And then he basically ran away to Spain. And people were mad because London or Interpol had alerted the the Spanish authorities that this guy was there. But I thought it was, I don't know, just like eye opening that the Spanish authorities were like, we get so many of these faxes, like every day that there's people here. So like, just kind of realizing, I guess it's, it just seems easier to run away than I thought it would be from authorities. Sure, like if you're wanted yeah. somewhere else in Europe, and then you can get away to another country, like the chances of them really looking for you seem
2: slim, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I guess they're kind of a disadvantage in Europe, too, because they have a lot of very small countries close together. Right. And I don't know what country to country the immigration policies are, you know, if it's just open borders everywhere, that does make it really easy for a criminal to Not to get into an immigration discussion. Oh my God. Like three (laughs) claps. Edit that out. We don't we won't get into that. But um yeah, no, that is a good point. Like it it he's just like, I'm just going to Spain. I'm going to here. I'll get away from these charges. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I did I thought that too. I was actually,
0: well. I won't ask that question. I wasn't totally <laughs> sure if they knew he was in Spain immediately
2: after the attack of that young woman in England, or if mm-hmm. it was
1: later. But I think it was later, but I'm not sure. Yeah,
2: I guess we we're kind of missing the timeline there a bit. That yeah. was not yeah. explained well. But I did, and I did actually. I will say the end.
0: I started. I started appreciating what they were trying to do more towards the end when you kind of hear a combination of all of these women speaking. You hear from this woman in England that was attacked, that ended up uh, calling into that TV show saying, "Oh no, I know who he is. He attacked me as well as his wife." We hear from his wife talking about how she had no clue, and that actually was probably the thing that I don't know why tugged at my heartstrings the most when she starts to cry, saying, "I did not know this was happening. I am so sorry this happened. I didn't know." And you kind of see that a lot. This was a this was just a like. Losing battle for women on a lot of different sides. These two young Mm -hmm. girls that were killed and one of them could have easily been prevented if the investigation was better. If Interpol had intervened sooner, then maybe even that first murder wouldn't have happened. This young woman that was a singer in England, if they had been able to find him there. It just, you see how he just got away with so much. Yeah. It's hard to see who's at fault. But then, of course, they do call out, and I appreciated this, that no one wants to take responsibility for this. Absolutely yeah. nobody does. It's yeah. no one's
2: fault. Yeah. That's that's rough. Well, at the end of the day, I guess the good news is they did catch the guy, and he is mm-hmm. in prison. So a lot of uh, the road getting there was not smooth <laughs> and was not great, but what I mean, you know, yeah, I'll just keep yeah, her nice. on that. <laughs>
1: okay. It was nice to have a true crime that had. Oh, and then in the end, we got the guy because I feel like so many of them that um, I watch. It's just kind of like all of this horrible stuff can happen and we're still looking for the person or this person might have been wrongfully convicted, but we don't have anything to get them out of jail yet. So this was like it was a nice wrap up at the end.
2: Yeah, definitely. For sure. Well, I guess that's all she wrote. I'm going to I'm going to detract my 45 degree angle. We're going to go back down to just straight side thumb for me after okay. that
1: discussion. <laughs> Sounds good. <huh>? Okay.
2: <laughs> thank you guys for coming. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you.